Employment Hour, the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That'll put you in uh, touch with Lior anytime. And Lior, L I O R, at employmenthour.com. We will talk about the severance pay calculator, an amazing tool that's been around for a few years. And I mean it, hundreds of thousands of people have tried this thing. But first, we'll get to the week that was. That's right, Johnny. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Uh, great to be back here for our, our weekend show uh, and uh, talk about, about employment law, anything to do with workplace rights. And hopefully, we can inform and educate people about things that are important things that you really have to know. Uh, and so listen up and contact us with any questions. Call me at the office. Uh, you know, we, uh, we only are here for an hour right now, but uh, I'm in the office all the time. To start us off, get us warmed up and, and for the new listeners to understand the types of issues that we discuss on this show, the week there was. A couple of situations that I saw over the past uh, week uh, that I think uh, our, our listeners should uh, learn something from. The first one is an example of how off-duty incidents, off-duty conduct can translate into the workplace. Uh, this matter uh, that I dealt with involved uh, an individual that had worked uh, in, a, in a manufacturing setting for, for a while, several years, and he uh, apparently had some sort of a conflict with a coworker. And it wasn't never clear to me exactly how that conflict arose and why and who was at fault. But bottom line was, at one point, uh, the coworker showed up to my client's home in the evening, unannounced, and started making threats. Uh, you know, I'm going to hurt you. Uh, yeah, like really, really bad. And police was involved. The complaint was filed with the police. And it all happened in, in the evening. In fact, I actually think it was on a, on a Saturday night. And uh, so obviously this made my client extremely uncomfortable. He's going to have to go to work and face this person, work with him uh, in, in, the, uh, in the plant. So he went to the HR manager and told her what happened. You know, this guy showed up in my house on a Saturday, made threats. I'm very uncomfortable. Well, the answer that uh, essentially he got to, well, this is none of our business. This is your time, your in- right. incident. Nothing's happened in the workplace. We don't have to deal with this. Well, this was not very acceptable to him. He still had to work with this person uh, regularly, so he called me and he said, uh, he asked me, Lior, is that true? Is this really something that I can't do anything about vis-a-vis the workplace? Do I have to continue working with this guy? Well, what I told him is this, absolutely not. Of course, it's relevant to the workplace. You're now put in a position with potentially someone that wants to harm you, according to them. You have to work with them. This, this scenario has now translated and, and migrated into the workplace. Your employer can't just ignore that now and say, well, because this happened off hours. So your employer has to protect you, has a, a duty to make sure you're not put in a, any compromising situation, an unsafe situation, and they can't ignore that obligation. So in this situation, what I told them is if you really are uncomfortable and you've tried to resolve it internally, your, your employer said no, we can now treat this as a constructive dismissal. Uh, and uh, so would you rather continue working with this guy or would you rather leave with compensation? He had decided to leave with compensation. Really? We resolved this matter uh, just in the last couple of days. Uh, we got him significant compensation. It was close to a year's pay. Uh, and, you know, I think the lesson here is very important for employers and employees. You can't just ignore what happens outside of the workplace. Oftentimes it translates, it impacts the workplace, and you don't want to be in a situation where your employees are unsafe. So uh, d- definitely, definitely keep that in mind for the future for both employers and employees. And if you are in an unsafe, uh, unhealthy work environment, you can do something about it, just like this gentleman did. 
give me a call. I wonder if the other guy got smoked later on for doing that, right? Well, he probably should yeah. have gotten smoked. Yeah. Uh, and you, you can't simply say, well, you know, boys will be boys or it's none of our business. Sure. It, it doesn't work this day and age. You have a responsibility for your employees, even if some of the incidents happen outside of the workplace. What else you got? Second situation, a bit more straightforward, involved a temporary layoff. This gentleman that called me was put on a temporary layoff and never thought anything of it. He assumed that he could be on a layoff. Uh, and uh, six months after he was on the layoff, he found another job, started working on the other, the other job. A few weeks after he started working, his previous employer said, hey, come back to work. We now have work for you. Come mm-hmm. back. He, of course, didn't go back to work because he had already another job. And that was it, except his brother heard our show and heard me say on the show that a temporary layoff is a termination. So he had this guy call me. And he called me, and what I told him is, no, given the fact that you were laid off temporarily, that's a termination. It took you six months to find another job. They owe you six months' pay. Nice. And we resolved it on the basis of six months' pay, and this guy was beside himself. He was so he was extremely happy and relieved. He assumed he was not owed anything. He assumed his employer simply had the right to do that. And it's very important for our listeners to remember that and, and be aware that a temporary layoff is a termination, always, except in situations where there's a history of that happening. And if you've been laid off temporarily, you don't just have to sit at home and wait and hope and pray that they'll call you back to work. You can get your severance. You can get that compensation and move on. Your employer does not have a right to lay you off temporarily. Now, seasonal work is one caveat to that, right? Right. With the seasonal job, it's understood. It's part of the agreement that you're only going to work, let's say, in the summer months because, you know, there's no work for pool cleaners, for example, uh, or, you know, people that do roofs uh, in the winter. But if you're working a regular job, and, and you know, even though the business may have slowed down and it's no one's fault, if as a result of that you've been laid off temporarily, you can treat that as a termination and get severance. We'll take a, a quick break. We're going to get to the severance pay calculator as soon as we come back. This is an amazing tool. If you haven't gone through it, uh, in the meantime, over the break, go to severancepaycalculator.com. We'll give you more details than that in just a, a few moments. Lior's number anytime, one 821 and it is Lior at employmenthour.com. Through email, this is the Employment Hour. It's right here at Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and Lior at employmenthour.com is the email. That uh, number will get you any time right in touch with Lior. Severance pay calculator. Let's uh, give me a run through that one. That's right, John. If you lost your job, you know, it's a traumatic time. Of course, you, you're now with, out of work, out of income. You still have the same financial obligation. That's the thing about losing your job. Financial obligations don't go away just because your financial uh, situation has changed. So what do you do in that situation? Well, thank God that the law has acknowledge that that's a problem, and that law provides for severance. If you lost your job, you're entitled to compensation severance to hopefully carry you until you find another job. But it's not doesn't end there. You have to make sure it's your responsibility to make sure that you got the severance that you're owed. And most people, John, over 90% of people are not offered an uh, adequate severance at all, not even close. Well, how do we help people? How do we inform people as to what they should be getting if they lost their job? I've created the severance calculator. It's available at severancepaycalculator.com. I'll give it to you again. It's severancepaycalculator.com. And it's an easy, completely free tool that anyone can use to find out how much they're owed, whether they've just lost their job, whether they're concerned about losing the job, or maybe they're not concerned at all, but you've just wanted to know. You've always been curious. Hey, what, what would I get if somehow tomorrow my, my employment came to an end? severancepaycalculator.com. You input your age, your position, and the length of your employment. 
Find out exactly how much you're owed. Keep that in the back of your uh, in your back pocket. It's a tool that you can use. And if you're let go and you use the calculator and you find out that you're not owed, uh, or you didn't get what you're owed, give me a call. I can help you make sure you get everything you're owed. I'm sure you're going to get phone calls when people use that going, man, wait a minute. My paper here says four weeks and your calculator says eight months. There's a bug in the system. <laughs> right? a, it can't be that yeah. big a difference, right. right? That's what people would think. Well, guess what? It is uh, right. There is no bug in the system. That's what the law provides for you. And if you're in one of those situations when you've been offered four weeks and the calculator says eight months, guess what? That means you're one of the 90% of people that are going to be in that situation when they lose their job. It's not unusual. But the good news is, even though there may be a, a gap of seven months, eight months, 12 months, it's actually not difficult to resolve these disputes. We can resolve them fairly quickly uh, and on very good terms. That's when you can. Uh, that's when you need to give me a call. SeverancePayCalculator.com is the one. We're going to talk about clarifying misconceptions with respect to termination of employment. I'll run through these, and you can expand. Uh, you can't be let go unless there's a good reason. Yeah, and that you know we're going to go through some misconceptions right now, and and things that people believe, and oftentimes they believe it with a passion. You know, I know this to be true. I've heard about it, and oftentimes they're wrong. And and by not knowing the truth, you could be actually uh, foregoing entitlements that you have. And you know, I like to start off with the one you just mentioned that you know there has to be a good reason to be let go and the unfortunate part for many individuals is no there really does not need to be a good reason for you to be let go as long as you receive proper severance an employer is allowed to let go a good employee a senior employee uh, an employee that did nothing wrong really for no reason as long as severance is paid to that person full severance people call me all the time very upset for obvious reasons I did nothing wrong, uh, they let me go, or maybe they made some sort of a remark that I said something, but that was nonsense, and they still let me go. Can they do that? The answer is yes, they can, as long as severance is paid. That doesn't make this right, that doesn't make it ethical, but it does make it legal. The problem is where 90% of people find themselves is that they are wrongfully dismissed because they didn't get the severance that they owed. So yes, the reason we can't do much about, but you, if you were offered six weeks pay and you should have been offered six months pay or whatever it is, that's a wrongful dismissal. That's where we need to make sure that you get what you're owed. But generally, an employer can let you go for any reason. The exception, John, is you cannot be let go for a discriminatory reason. You cannot be let go because of your race, your ethnicity, your sexual orientation, etc. Anything other than that, yes, you can be let go. Severance has to be paid. I think the reason is people get that severance and it's like it's, a, it's like a buck of water in the face, right? It's such a shock. It's a bruised eagle and they skip right over the monetary component, which is what they should be focusing on. Well, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, you know, people, obviously, you know, people feel strongly about their job. Oftentimes, our job is part of our identity. You know, you know, what, who are you, John? Well, I'm, I'm a radio broadcaster. It's part of your identity. So if that were to come to an end tomorrow, that would be a shock to you. And you may not necessarily think about your servants. Like, why am I no longer a radio broadcaster? What did I do wrong? Did I deserve to be let go? And, and, you know, those are legitimate points and legitimate concerns, except the law doesn't really know how to deal with that. The law just needs, the, the law only knows to make sure that you get the severance that you're owed. And that's why, from a legal standpoint, that has to be the focus. The number is one 821 5900 talking about misconceptions with uh, respect to termination of employment. Now, never mind, no reason. There has to be a good reason. Right. And that does not have to be a good reason. That doesn't have to be a reason at all, uh, John. And uh, the only time that exception, of course, is, like I said, discriminatory. But if you're let go for cause yes. without severance, there has to be a good reason. Yeah. You cannot be let go without severance unless you did something bad, something awful, something that made it impossible to continue employing you. In 
most cases, John, people, when they're let go, quote unquote, for cause, it's not cause. The employer would have pulled the trigger way before they should, and that is a wrongful dismissal. So very good rule is if you've been let go for cause, unless you did something awful, you've probably been wrongfully dismissed. Give me a call. Let me make sure that uh, you get the compensation that you're owed. Squeeze this one in quick. Before the break, uh, you have to work at least five years to get severance. Very common misconception. People <laughs> believe that there's a, a minimum threshold right. before you get severance. Oftentimes, people believe it's five years. Let's make it very clear. Not the case at all. You can get you get severance irrespective of how long you worked. Many of my clients have worked for a few months only. And in fact, in some cases, those people that have worked a few months could be owed a few months severance. Mm-hmm. So no, there's no minimum threshold to get severance. If you lost your job, you're owed severance. Now, uh, where the, does that five-year nonsense come from? Well, your minimum entitlements may be impacted by whether you worked five years or, or, or less or more. But that has no impact on your full entitlements. So not to complicate things, it's very, very simple. You lost your job, you're owed severance. Forget about five years. The one that goes hand in hand with that is the company has to have a payroll of $2.5 million in order to get severance. Exactly. Right? Hand in hand, just as wrong. No, there's no requirement to have a certain payroll size, $2.5 million or anything else. You lost your job, you're owed severance, and whether you work for a company with two employees or two million employees, it doesn't matter. The severance actually is going to be the same. Remember, severance is based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. It's not based at all on who your employer is or what the size of payroll they have. So remember, it doesn't matter. You could be working for a mom and pop shop. If you lost your job, you are 100% owed severance. And check out that severance pay calculator in the meantime at severancepaycalculator.com. That's the website. The number to get a hold of Lior, 1-855-821-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. We'll continue lots more on the way on Talk Radio AM 640, AM 900, CHML. Lior's number is one 821 5900 and the email is Lior at employmenthour.com. We're talking about uh, misconceptions with respect to termination of employment. Um, here's another one. You are let go. You get two weeks or two weeks for every year of service. Big, big, huge, probably the biggest, biggest. yes, misconception. People believe there's this this rule. Well, if I lost my job, I'm owed a one week for every year, two weeks for every year, two weeks for every day, whatever it is, that people believe that there is this rule, this linear connection between the number of weeks of severance and the length of employment. It's not true. It's wrong, wrong, wrong. There is no rule like that, not even close. Some people may get six months per year of service. Some people may get three weeks per year of service or anything in between. Why? Because the law looks at several factors to assess your entitlements, your age, your position, and the length of your employment. The longer that you've worked, the older you are in the more senior position, the greater the entitlements. So forget about that rule. Use the severance calculator, severancepaycalculator.com to find out how much you're owed. And if you've talked to someone and they've told you, no, no, I know it's a week per year, you may even go on the the Ministry of Labor website and find out a week per year. And and you think, well, everything Lior just said is wrong, right? Because look at the Ministry of Labor website. No, remember, that is only with respect to your minimum entitlements, which is a small portion, a small fraction of your full entitlements. Your full entitlements are not limited that way, and they're just as legally uh, binding and, 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 uh, and owed to you. Oh, yeah. So remember, you can go to the severance calculator, and please forget about this whole one week, two weeks per year of service uh, nonsense. one 821 5900 is Lior's number, talking about misconceptions with terminations of employment. How about this? If you are, quote-unquote, fired as opposed to laid off, 
then you don't get severance. People always believe that there's distinction, there's uh, this difference between being fired, being laid off. Yep. No, let's let's put it in the terms that the law understands, and that is this: the law only understands the idea of termination of employment. If you've been, if your employment is terminated, it can be one of two ways: for cause or without cause. Without cause means you're not being let go because of something awful that you did. That means you get severance. You get full severance, no no restrictions or exceptions. If you have been terminated for cause, you did something horrible, something terrible, then you may not be owed severance. Don't be worry about fired, laid off. Don't confuse those terms. It's a question of did you lose your job? If you lost your job, is there cause? If there's no cause, full severance is paid. Uh, people get very hung up on those terms. Oh, I've been laid off. I've been fired. No, it, it, those actually terms are not legal terms. The law doesn't know what that means. These are the terms made up by people. It's a termination for cause, without cause. And in most cases, 99% of the time when someone loses their job, it's a without cause termination, which means severance is paid. Because laid off just seems like you know, you're just waiting by the sidelines. You know, I'm at home just you know uh, I'm doing the dishes, taking care of the kids. <laughs> They'll call me back. That's well, what, you know, and that's what people think. I'm just waiting. Yeah, you know, but but actually, believe it or not, John, people think that a termination without cause is a layoff, and they confuse those two terms. Mm-hmm. The only time you can think of a of a layoff is if the employer is positioning it as a temporary layoff. Your employer is telling you, "I'm letting you go for now, hoping to call you back." They see that as a temporary layoff, except remember what we've said on on the show many, many times, including on the week that was uh, earlier, that a temporary layoff is a termination, which is why really you don't even need to worry about it. It's simply a matter of are you out of work? If you're out of work, you're owed severance, and that's all that matters. Short severance employees get very little severance? Huge misconception. And, And not only is this wrong, the opposite is true. People believe, well, I didn't work there for long. I only worked there for a year. So maybe I'm owed a week's pay. If I'm lucky, maybe I'm owed two weeks' yeah, if pay. If I'm lucky, that's if a big I'm one. If I'm lucky. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of employers, by the way, believe the same thing, especially smaller employers who may not appreciate their legal obligations. So let's make it very clear. That is wrong. You're owed severance, uh, whether you're short-service uh, or long-service employees. And in fact, John, short-service employees are treated disproportionately better then long-service employees, you may have employees with a year of service that could be owed six months severance. You could have an employee with six months uh, service that could be owed six months severance. Mm-hmm. So short service does not mean little or no severance. Often the opposite is true. I, I can't tell you how many uh, individuals I've worked with and helped over the years, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, that have had a year of service or less and they're all owed severance, not because I say so, because that's what the law provides for them. Why is the law? Why is it? Why is it uh, you know, made that way? That it, you know, if, if you work for four or five months, you get all this severance. Well, the law simply assumes that. Well, let's go back to why do you get severance? You get severance to help you while you don't have other work to help bridge the time between when you lost your job to finding another job. Well, just because you work somewhere for a short period of time doesn't mean it's going to take you less time to find another job. So just because you work for somewhere for six months doesn't mean you're going to find a job within a week or, or two weeks. It may still still take you a few months to find another job. That's why you get a few months severance, and the law understands and appreciates that. 
That's why short service employees are do get a lot of severance, often more than you would expect. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is Lior's number. Talking about uh, misconceptions with respect to termination of employment. This one too, being on quote contract, means you don't get severance. Yeah, and and this is this drives me crazy. This this term on contract, contract. because actually the law doesn't recognize that. that. That's not a legal term. Being on contract, that's that's almost a made up term. You're either an employee or an independent contractor or consultant. Now, as we've said, a lot of people are quote-unquote independent contractors or, or, as you've said, on contract, and they think, well, you know, if the position ends, I don't get severance. Except, John, in the vast majority of these cases, people quote-unquote on contract in the eyes of the law are still employees. see that all the time. If you actually are working full-time hours, regularly for a company, exclusively for them, even if the document you sign says you're on contract, that's nonsense. You can't change what you really are. You are still an employee, which means if you're let go, you get severance. So don't be intimidated by these words on contract. It's very simple. I can't say this enough. If you go to work, you have a job, any way you, you, you cut it or describe it, and then you no longer have that job, you're owed severance. It's as simple as that. one 821 5900 is the number anytime. And Lior at employmenthour.com will get some emails here in just a bit. Uh, as we continue with more of the Employment Hour here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. one 821 5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. We're going to wrap up this particular portion of the show, and that is uh, clarifying misconceptions with respect to termination of employment. Last one. Uh, I don't even want to put it out there because it's just going to it's, it's going to go sideways but the la- labor board can help you if you lost your job yeah and huge misconception it. and then you know you, yeah, you feel dirty saying it. i feel yeah. dirty <laughs> it saying saying it as well and but people believe this john and and but they believe this for good reason why wouldn't they think that the the labor board the ministry of labor can help you if you lost your job at least tell you what you're owed it's the ministry of labor right you're not you're not asking just some guy off the street it's the labor board it's the ministry of labor it's the government dealing with labor issues so why can't the Ministry of Labor, the Labor Board, help us? Well, the bottom line is hopefully, first of all, people that have listened to our show over the years hopefully know this by now, but the Ministry of Labor, the Labor Board, cannot, under any circumstances, help a terminated employee. And it's, it's a simply a fact, simply because the, the only thing the Ministry of Labor is able to do is to try to enforce a person's minimum entitlements, not their full entitlements. So your minimum entitlements may be two weeks severance. Your full entitlements could be eight months severance. Well, the Ministry of Labor can help you get the two weeks pay, but not the eight months. That's it. That's all they can do. And by filing a complaint, by going to the Ministry of Labor for help, not only do you, can you not get your, your eight months or your full entitlements, by virtue of going there to help, you're now banned. You're prevented, prohibited from going after your full entitlement. So just by virtue of saying, hey, Ministry of Labor, help me out here, you by just by doing that as a fact, as a matter of course, you would have lost out in ten thousands of dollars, Brutal. tens of thousands of dollars. So the Ministry of Labor, the Labor Board cannot help you when it comes to losing your job. They can help you when it comes to overtime. They can help you when it comes to vacation pay. If you think your employer is making you work hours that are beyond what's, uh, what's uh, appropriate, yes, they can help with that, and you should contact the Ministry of Labor for that. But they cannot help you with respect to termination of employment. Uh, don't be one of the, the people that I've seen over the years and I couldn't help that file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor and realize down the road too late that they've made a huge mistake. At that point, you can't do anything about it. So remember, if you lost your job, don't call the Ministry of Labor. cannot help you. 
thousands of dollars left on the table. Tens of thousands yeah. of dollars, John. Sure. It's, it's, it's huge amounts. I see this all the time. Very, very frustrating for me. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's not as frustrating for the, as, as it is for the individuals that are in that situation, of course. one 821 5900 talking about now. This is a little bit of, uh, you know, bleed over from the Insurance Injury Law Show with Savan. But uh, employees on long-term disability, LTD. So who can go on LTD? So people that can go on LTD are those individuals, first of all, that, that have an LTD plan as part of the workplace. That helps. Uh, and th- that does help. Yeah, uh, it's requirement number one. But those individuals whose doctor says they cannot work. If you're uh, working for an employer that, uh, and through that employer are enrolled in a long-term disability, an LTD plan, and your doctor's telling you cannot work, doesn't matter for what reason, whether it's uh, you know a, a bad back or you're suffering from depression, if the doctor says you cannot work, you're allowed, you're qualified to go for LTD. Now, it's not up to you and I, and we don't decide who goes on LTD. A doctor decides that. So you have to have the doctor back up for that. Yeah. Uh, and if you have that, you your employer needs to give you the time off. Your insurance company needs to allow you to qualify. Uh, but it starts with the doctor. So you mentioned if you have an LTD plan, does an employer have to have that LTD plan? And no, and an employer doesn't have to have an LTD plan. Some employers choose not to. I think that these days most employers do. It's a good idea to have. But if you uh, are in a medical situation and you can't work, you want to find out, of course, if your employer has has a plan. I've had situations, by the way, John, where people came to me uh, in, in despair because they can't work and there's no compensation. And I asked them, uh, well, does your employer have an uh, LTD plan? And they didn't know. And yeah. they went and looked into it. And sure enough, they did. Uh, and then they could qualify for LTD and get that compensation. An employer does not have to have a plan. Most employers do. And if you're not sure if your employer does, just ask. If you can be on it, uh, how long can you be on it? So, And this is where the, uh, the interesting uh, things arise. You can be on an LTD plan. You can be on long-term disability until, generally, until a doctor says you're able to come back to work. So as long as a doctor is saying you cannot work, you can be on LTD, you can stay off of work, you can't be penalized, you can't be cut off, uh, and it all comes down to what your doctor says, believes, and, and whether or not the doctor is supporting your, uh, you staying on LTD. one 821 5900 talking about long-term disability uh, with respect to your employment. Now, um, this is all handled, of course, through an insurance company. If you're on LTD, can the insurance company cut you off? And this happens all the time. And I know you and Savan talk about this on the insurance and injury law show, people getting cut off LTD. And, and you know, let's face it, an insurance company is in the business of getting people off insurance. For sure. That's, what they, that's, that's fine. That's their job. The problem is many, many times they cut off people, or at least try to cut off people way before they should. Where a situation where a doctor is still saying, this individual cannot work. But the insurance company says, well, we don't know if we believe it. Or we don't know if we agree, so we're going to cut them off. And in many cases, these people that, that are, do get cut off don't know that there's something they can do about it. Well, guess what? These issues resolve quickly. Oftentimes, we need to stand up to the insurance company. We need sometimes even to take legal action. But that resolves quickly. If a doctor is saying that you cannot work, your insurance company is going to have to compensate you, have to keep you on, and you shouldn't just back down because your insurance company is saying, well, we don't believe it. That's what they want you to do. Don't fall in that trap. Knowledge about long-term disability. We'll get to more of it here in just a moment. The number to get hold of Lior when the show is over anytime, 1-855-821-5900. And the email is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. More of the show coming right up. Talk radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.
1-855-821-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com is the email. We're talking about uh, terms under long-term disability here as it pertains to your employment. So if the insurance company uh, does cut you off, and sometimes they, they, you know, they're sniffing around that two-year mark when they start thinking about that, what happens? You know, it's, uh, and what happens is many people take it and they assume that they don't, uh, they, they, the insurance company gets to cut them off because it's two years uh, and it's, that's not the case. So what you need to do is first of all, there's always an internal appeal process. <laughs> that internal appeal process, you're snickering because you know it's a waste of time. Uh, an insurance company is not going to say, shucks, yes, you know, we made a mistake. So because of that, we're going to now uh, change our mind. So that, that's a waste of time. You need to engage a lawyer. I know it sounds self-serving every time I say that, but that's a fact, okay? You need to engage a lawyer to, to deal with the insurance company and make them understand that, oh, wait, he knows now about his rights. He knows that what we did was wrong. As soon as you've done that, the insurance company is going to back off or we're going to be able to negotiate a resolution. So you need to engage a lawyer, someone to speak with the insurance company on their terms. I have yet to see in in the years that I've been doing this and I've spoken with Savannah and all the years that he's been doing this, I have not ever seen a, a person being able to resolve a dispute with respect to LTD on their own by telling the insurance company, oh, I think you made a mistake. It just doesn't work that way. You need to, to, to have a bit of a, of leverage there. So don't just uh, accept it. If your doctor is telling you you cannot work, don't go back to work before you're ready because the insurance company won't pay you. Let's get the insurance company to pay you until your doctor clears you. And we should mention that, you know, Savannah also worked on that other side of the table for many years, so he's been in the trenches with insurance companies. He gets what they do. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, Savannah Mark and uh, my, my, uh, my law partner, uh, he is uh, the head of our insurance practice at my law firm. And yeah, before he became uh, a lawyer that works for individuals, he acted for the insurance company. So he knows the considerations on there and he knows what they're thinking, what they're trying to do. And we use that to our advantage every single day. And oftentimes my clients, people that I work with, people that have employment disputes end up also potentially having disability disputes. So we, we work together in many cases to make sure that we can protect the individual and get them the compensation that they're owed. At the end of the day, insurance companies are business and they're there to make money. So, of course, they're going to play the odds and cut you off and hope that you just go away. You know, Who's going to challenge the big, bad insurance company? It is good odds for them. If they're going to cut off prematurely 10 people tomorrow, seven, eight of those are going to accept it and take it without even thinking right. about it. So that's good odds with the insurance company. I just hope that you know those people listening right now, they're not going to be one of those seven or eight. one 821 5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com to get a hold of them after show hours. So now they, we've, uh, you know, they or we or anybody's engaged you uh, in this dispute with the LTD or at least with the insurance company for your LTD being cut off. Uh, is it difficult to, to, to solve these? Resolve disputes. You know, and, and you know, I would never recommend anyone to engage in a legal battle that's going to take years to resolve or going to be very complicated. You know, life's too short for that. And, and you, if you can avoid a dispute like that, you should always avoid. But here's the thing about uh, employment disputes, LTD disputes, unlike other types of legal issues, those resolve quickly. They do not, do not take years to resolve they're not complicated. They don't require the person to be put through difficult examinations or anything like that. So when it comes to employment disputes, wrongful dismissal, issues surrounding severance, et cetera, even human rights, and disputes with the long-term disability insurer, they're quick to resolve. They're usually resolved within a few weeks on the employment side or maybe a few months on the LTD side and, and usually without too much hassle. So don't let 
fear of the process prevent you from getting what you're owed? And I think if, if Savan, you know, I remember correctly that part of the process or legally in this province anyways, when you're dealing with the insurance company, you guys got to have a sit down, the mediation. You have to do that. And that's where most of this is resolved because nobody likes court. Court costs money. It is so effective. And the same yeah. thing applies in employment disputes. If legal action is required, mediation is mandatory in most right. jurisdictions. And over 90% of the vast majority of these cases resolve at mediation. It's so effective. So- and then again, it's a simple process. We sit in a room, we negotiate terms, and we move on. It's not complicated and very effective. So what happens to a person's job while they're on LTD? So if you're on LTD, an employer has to keep your job for you. Your employer cannot fire you because you're on LTD. Now, uh, an employer also has to run its business. So an employer is not necessarily required to say, well, okay, I'm not going to put anyone in this role, and hopefully right. you know, two years from now you're going to come back. You're, you're still employed. Your employer has to do whatever it needs to do to run its business. But when you're ready to come back to work, your employer then has to take every measure possible, reasonable measure, to take you back to work to the same job or to a similar position. If there isn't a similar position, right. if there's no possibility, but your employer has legitimately tried to find one, then they can terminate employment and pay you your full severance. So you cannot be let go because you're on disability. Any assessment about taking you back or not can only happen when you're ready to return to work. You don't get penalized. And beyond that, John, the time that you spent on disability leave counts towards your seniority. So if you work for five years and you've been now on disability for two years, then you're a seven-year employee now. So when it comes to calculating your severance, we're going to look at you as a seven-year employee and do our analysis that way. Quick break, one 821 5900 to get a hold of the OR. Lots more of the show coming right up before we finish the hour. That number, by the way, you can get a hold of the OR when the show is over as well. That's the reason why I keep throwing it out there. This is the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. one 821 5900 and Lior at com. That is the email. And Kyle wrote in during the show, says, I just started back at word last week on modified duties after being on their yard disability for a few months. At the end of the week, the company let me go. They gave me no reason. They offered my fifty-two week. They offered me fifty-two weeks pay after 20, 23 years of employment as production manager. I'm sixty-two. What are my rights? Yeah. Well, first got of a right all, to yell. yeah, you have a right to be very upset. <laughs> yeah. That's that's for darn sure. Yeah. Obviously, you're owed more than that. And you know, production manager, you, you know, your age of twenty-three years of service, you're probably looking at two years pay. So if you've got fifty-two weeks, twelve months, that's half of what you're owed. So, so right there, you've been wrongfully dismissed simply by virtue of not getting anywhere near what you're owed. And by the way, that, this is a very common scenario where someone comes to me when they're owed 24 months pay and they're offered half. Sometimes they're offer, offered a quarter mm-hmm. of what they're owed. Now, beyond that, if the termination has to do with the fact that he was on a disability leave, there could be human rights issues. It's illegal to let someone go uh, because he was on a disability, a disability leave or because the employer doesn't want to provide accommodation. If you come back from a disability leave and you need modified duties, you need some help to do your job, whether it's permanently or for a period of time, your employer has to take real steps to make that happen. They have to try hard, and even if it costs them, even if it's not easy, they still have to do it. And if they refuse or they don't try hard enough, that's a violation of the Human Rights Code. So we need to discuss that as well. So there could easily be human rights issues here. It's definitely a wrongful dismissal. Uh, so we need to talk off air. So please do give me a call. You know, it's funny. You and I laughed at that number. But if you were to take Kyle's uh, you know, 
his paper and say, okay, here's this guy named Kyle. He's 23 years. Here's his age. They just gave him a year's pay. What do you think? Then, wow, he scored large. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, better than two weeks a year. That's what people would say. That's exactly 12 months. Wow, you got a generous yeah, employer. Take, it. take, take it, it, it Take it and run before they realize they made right. a mistake. And, and, you know, and, and that's why people accept inadequate severance always, every single day, because of that, because they believe that an, a poor offer is a good offer. You know, that's why I have this this microphone in front of me right now because I'm trying to inform and educate people about what the entitlements actually are. So don't fall into that trap. And by the way, don't go to a, a message board to find out if your severance offer is fair. I've seen people do that all the time. Use the severance calculator. Call me at the office. Get some, you don't like me, speak with another employment lawyer. That's fine. Just do not walk away from your entitlements just because you didn't know any better. It's no excuse. We'll do this one quickly. Justine says, employer, let me go. Tried to negotiate my severance. They said, nope, not going to have any of it. Is there a point contacting you? <laughs> yeah, well, there is a point because that's what I do. And in most cases, if people go to their employer and, neg- and try to negotiate on their own, Either they're going to get a marginal improvement or just like Justine, the employer is going to say, no, we're not going to improve it. And oftentimes it's because the employer may not realize that they owe more uh, and they may think, well, she's asking for more. We don't owe her more. So why are we going to do it? But that's when I get involved and when I educate your, your former employer and they speak with their lawyer and now they realize, oh, wait a second, we do owe Justine more. That's when they pay it. So the fact that your employer says they're not going to pay more doesn't mean anything. They don't get to decide. Right. It's not the employer's Basically, decision yeah. how much they pay. If there was the employer's decision, then we're all wasting time here, right? It's not. The law's already made that decision. The law's already decided how much you're owed. And if the law says you should have a lot more than what the employer says they're wanting to give you, too bad for the employer. You're going to get what you're owed. And if we have to uh, deal with it, we'll deal with it. So remember, it's not your decision, my decision, the employer's decision. The law takes care of how much you're owed if you lost your job. Another fantastic week of information, my friend. In the meantime, you want to get a hold of Lior, simple 1-855-821-5900. The email is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And you have time. We've mentioned it several times during the show. Please check this out, severancepaycalculator.com. It'll save you a lot of grief and give you some real-time numbers of what you're owed. Until next time, this has been the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.